Hello and welcome back to the Stadio podcast in Ring RFC. I'm Mr. Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? Hanging in there, mate. Thanks. How are you? We are both wearing grey sweaters. What is this? <laughs> weird te- telepathy going on. <laughs> we were talking about like this. When the orange hoodies on the Instagram live, everyone's like, yeah. oh, what is that? What is that? It's just, yeah. It was two separate hoodies. Anyway, how are you? Good, good. Good weekend. Watch a lot of football, like I suppose everyone in captivity. Um, and ate a lot and watched Knives Out, which is a lovely, charming screenplay, which should have won everything. And from the opening scene, I was just like, from the colour scheme alone and the richness of the dialogue, the thing just explodes off the screen. Um, just like joy. you and I... Oh my Google god! Hangout oh my god! Twice a week, doing a podcast. Just the joy that is exploding off my screen right now, Musa. Oh god! Oh. oh my goodness! What do you want? <laughs> Let's get what some admin. <laughs> yeah, admin. Hey, do you know what's back? What's that? Us on all platforms. That for a start. <laughs> but also, if the podcast platform that you listen to us on. Yes. Allowed you to rate and review podcasts. Yes. Please do it. Yes. It really helps us grow the podcast. Grow the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> that would be nice. Um, also, we did a Stadio Sessions on Friday. It was loads of fun. Thanks to everyone who tuned in live. And oh, amazing set, dude. That was a that was, glory. It's one thing listening back, but when you're in real time listening to it on a Friday evening, and it's that community, it's the fact that everyone's in the chat and having a really good time. Yeah, we're all kind of locked down now, isn't it? So it's like... Yeah, yeah. No, it's lovely. Do anything else. Thanks. I mean, there's no bars or anything open at that time, so... Yeah, exactly. There wasn't a lot of commentary on the last one. And also, we need to do a themed one next time. Oh, here's a suggestion, by the way, before I forget. One thing I've been doing to help cope with the lockdown, quicker piece of advice, and the dark hours, I've actually swapped my afternoons to my evenings. So now, instead of writing the evenings, I spend... So yeah, so instead of writing in the, in the daytime, which I normally did, I just sort of basically take a chunk out of the middle of the day and treat that as my evening. That's nice. So I just do my, have my wander, do all my sort of shopping and just catch up with people yeah. like, you know, distance walks and then do all the writing in the evening and the early morning. And that's worked to treat for just any levels of anxiety mm. because you've really treated yourself. And one thing I was doing before, before I got adjusted to lockdown was I was working through the day and the evening arrives and it's bleak because you've just been working all day and then it's dark and there's lockdown. Mm. So yeah, that's just a kind of suggestion. Good, good little Moose's tips. Bit of admin, yeah. Thought so so yeah, admin. the Stadio Sessions is up now. You can listen to it on mixlr.com forward slash Stadio. Click on the show reel. It's got all of the Stadio Sessions on there. And the tunes that are on Spotify have been put into a playlist. They are on our Spotify page. If you follow the Stadio Outros playlist, then you can access it via that. Yep. Uh, any other admin? I'm going to have a piece going up in the ringer this week if I get it done because I should have got it done already. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what it's about yet, because no one will read it if they know. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, actually. That's true. <laughs> Having heard the title. No, but it's going to be brilliant. I think, I'm really glad you're writing it. Don't say that. I think Wait it's overdue. It first. No, it's overdue. Your stuff's Don't always back brilliant. me until you've read it. Your stuff's always um, brilliant. Stop it. Stop it. I haven't been wrong yet, have I? Yes. Quite <laughs> a number of times. I've never about a number of people. <laughs> 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 there's anything you should have learned by now Moose it's never back me <laughs> and um, apart from that just hope everyone's doing okay staying safe and well looking after each other looking after yourselves 
on to today's show. We're not going to do Nations League today. We're going to do it on Thursday, but also there will be some England chat and stuff like that on Wrighty's House this week. Ian and Jeanette are on, so that'll be good. They've got their wish. Grealish started. Yes, <laughs> and, yes. And yeah. was England's best player. Yeah, <laughs> funny that. But we're going to swerve the nation, most of the Nations League chat until it's all wrapped up on Thursday. So today we're going to do Women's Super League. Bit of Frauen Bundesliga because there was a massive game in the Frauen Bundesliga on the yeah, weekend. Yeah. What's the gem of a power shift? Am I right? Dust statement victory. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a couple of statement draws in the Women's Super League, which is something that I've yeah uh, I've I've decided to throw in there. Um, yeah. And we'll touch on a couple of other leagues before touching on some other stuff today. So it's going to be a little bit of a nice easy Monday one. Yep. Yep. Um, we'll get into it after this. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Massive weekend in the Women's Super League. Two big derbies. Well, three big derbies, really. Yeah. It was the second city derby as well. Yeah. Um, where do you want to begin? Arsenal-Chelsea? I actually want to begin with um, the Derby. Manchester Derby? Yeah. I think this was a really interesting game. I mean, it was. You're not wrong. Manchester United 2, Manchester City 2. City went 2-0 up. They were 2-0 up just before half-time. I think the second guy got just before half-time for City. And then United drew it back and almost won late on. And this game was interesting because I felt like United outthought City even when City, weirdly enough, were, were up. It sounds so strange to say it, but like... You think? Well, I, I, feel like, I feel like United made better use of their pieces than City did. I mean, that's a shout, yeah. Over the, I think over the course of the whole 90 minutes. Yeah, yeah like, I mean, City were obviously, I mean, they were up, of course. Mm. Even then, I was watching and going, and this is the thing, I, I almost wonder for the first time, does City have too many playmakers in that squad? Mm. Do they have too many? Because, so they have... Chloe Kelly was amazing was amazing, right? I want to say that, like, and effectively, like, almost a third, in terms of the way she pulls wide and builds play, was almost a third eight, a third, in terms of a third playmaker, which was amazing. Didn't occupy central spaces that much. Stanway hasn't been at her best this year, I think that's fair to say. And it's kind of, it's so strange because that game, the Chelsea um, City Community Shield match, her and Sam Kerr have kind of been playing the same way since that opening game. It's so strange. Like just watching them both, their, their careers like parallel. There's a kind of slightly underwhelming, like they're slightly, con considering their quality, they're not quite at the level 
of the t- that they're not delivering to the level that they would maybe want to. And I look at that city, and then also Ellen White was slightly off target. Um, mm, she had the right chance that she snatched that, didn't she? Yeah, but even half, even that 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 role is strange. Like she's playing in this middle of this front three, but weirdly isolated. Considering what City have behind her, it's so strange to see a nine in that formation so isolated. Considering how City dominated the ball in central areas, so it was like City were dominant but weren't making best use of their pieces, whereas United made full use of all their pieces. I thought. Even in relation to midfield, like Jackie Gronin, this season she's having, just in terms of her self-sacrifice, her containment in midfield has been outstanding. And I think this game, you come away from this game watching United and think, my God, they're so legit because they figure you out. They contain you, they figure you out, and they start imposing themselves. And by the end, I felt were the stronger side. Yeah, I thought they should have won it. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, on the balance, they should have won it. Like if mm. they'd won that game, that would have been an absolutely fair result. And Casey Stoney said after the game that she completely got it wrong in the first half. Mm. And um, I think you saw that with the way that Manchester United came out in the second and completely changed the game. Yeah. It's interesting what you said about Manchester City not using the most of their pieces because I thought that they were so superior, especially for the first 20 minutes, but for the whole of the first half. And they probably should have been more up going into half time. Chloe Kelly's goal was... Unbelievable. It was a really lovely finish. There's a really nice angle from behind the goal where you see how much she's had to like run around the defender and kind of outside of the foot into the And she tried it twice. She tried it twice. Didn't it it remind me of, remember Nedved's goal against uh, against Ajax? The Juve. Look at you. You had a Nedved mensch for a while. Yeah, but just like the way that she was like, she tried it twice and it was so funny. You don't often see, she was like trying to sort of pick the lock and she's like, okay, went round outside of the right and it came back to her and then she was like, okay, now I've got the angle. And it was mm. such a clever, you could see her thinking, it's the be- and that's why I love Chloe Kelly. She's so clever at like improvising. She can pull wide and play. She could play wide all day, which she effectively mm-hmm. did the other day. She's devastating the penalty box, but also her penalty taking technique is off the scale. Like one of mm. the best, like one of the best you'll see anywhere. Really, she was probably the player that, I mean, I mean her and Sam Mewis, Sam Mewis in the first half in particular was on another level. Sam Mewis is really in a groove at the moment, I think. It was light just... work for her. It was like the way she built mm. attacks. Yeah. And she would do it. She would basically like, she would construct the play. She was starting the ball. She would take it. It was strange because she was taking the ball almost with the center backs. And then within a few paces, she'd be on the edge of their box, setting everything up. This is actually yeah. something I was going to say, because I think her height, because she's six foot, right? So her yeah. height yeah. makes her look, it's kind of like when you see Wendy Renard, right? Yeah. And their, their, their physical presence is something that, dominates a lot of the discourse around them. But not Sam actually, yeah. Mewis is rapid. Yeah. There was one bit in the first half where they broke forward. And I think it's exactly the thing that you mentioned, like where she started the attack and then a few paces she's on the opposition box. Yeah. She's overtaken so many people. Yeah, yeah. She's been so impressive this season. Maybe we'll touch on it a little bit because, in a little bit, because I wanted to just wrap up the first half first. With yeah, sure, sure. Like Laura Coombs with... The first of two angry goals in this game. Angry that was goal a derby. beauty. She got an absolute beauty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then ten minutes into the second half, Tobin Heath with an angry goal and celebration combo. The amount of tweets we got about that angry goal, we got a I lot know. of tweets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. People like Stadio were like, angry we're like goal. "Yeah, you don't need a verdict from us on that. That's an angry no, goal." Like, yeah. yeah, we yeah. felt that. You could feel that. Yeah. I think it was the Red Voices. That's a great podcast, actually. Uh, shout out to Red Voices X, the Manchester United podcast, and they cover like uh, both the teams, uh, women's and men's teams, and. They, 
I think they commented like, just can't believe that she hit that from there. The, the angle, it's almost like sliced with the kind of top of the foot laces, almost like, and just cuts across it. She didn't take a touch either. Rips it. Heath. Rips it. It came from a really, really good spell of Manchester United pressing as well. And they just kind of boxed City in, forced yeah. Lucy Bronze into an error. Mm. Tobin Heath didn't even take a touch. She just hit it first time. Lovely, angry celebration as well. There was a lot of great pressing this weekend, actually, in those, in the Arsenal oh, Chelsea yeah. as well. we'll there was a about, lot, yeah. yeah, there was a lot of great pressing in this one. Yeah. Uh, and then Kirsty Hansen equalised. Shout out to her. She made a huge difference on the flank. She really did. And this yeah, is something yeah, yeah, that yeah. Casey Stoney deserves credit for. She brought on Kirsty Hansen at half time, took Jessica Sigsworth off. And I think that really helped Manchester mm. United. Lauren James had an impact when she came on as well. Oh my God. Press. Her feet. You know, that she's like a Drew Spence. You know, her and Drew Spence, I think those two, they're maybe the best extra, in terms of English players extracting themselves from like small spaces. Mm. Their footwork in and around that area is unreal. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, Manchester United probably could have nicked it at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. And finished, finished the game by far the better side. They remain top of the league. They're still unbeaten. The only yeah. other side in the league are Chelsea who haven't, who haven't lost. I think it raised a couple of questions for Gareth Taylor after the game because he hasn't really found a way to integrate Rose Lavelle yet. Now, I know Rose Lavelle has had a tricky year for injuries. She, she missed a lot of the Challenge Cup for Washington Spirit because she, I think she had a hamstring problem. So she's been... She hasn't been fully fit for a while, especially in this stop-start year. However, when she has played for Manchester City, a lot of it's been from the bench. And when she started, she's been played wide, but not really to her strength as a central playmaker. And there is a lot of chat on Twitter about, you know, where's Rose Lavelle? She didn't get off the bench on Saturday. And it's, it's a problem that they could figure out because they haven't been wildly creative this season Manchester City they haven't scored apart from the Bristol City game they've not scored a, a huge amount of goals they can be contained this is the problem yeah they can Yeah, and, I, and I, that's the thing I was watching them and thinking this is what I mean about like coaching to their full level like United you see them they're playing to the full extent and City across the board I'm seeing like 70% 70% of what they can do and mm. that's that's a concern for them and I, you know, when I say, have they got too many playmakers? I'm like, well, yeah, because there's not, they're not ruthless. Mm. They're not ruthless enough. And, you know, United, obviously, you know, Hayley Ladd as well had a great game, United, just in terms of the containment and just sort of, mm. we're going to give them the field, give them possession. But it's like Everton in that cup final. Everton basically, City have to be concerned about how many blows they're landing and teams are just absorbing them especially at the, the, the very top of the league. At the very top of the league, I think there's an element of, we kind of know what they're going to do to us. Mm. You know, if that makes sense. And the thing about Lave Lavelle, Lavelle basically gives you explosive, like most people can do broken field running, but Lavelle breaks the field, right? Her yeah. running and her angles and the, the angles of her passing, her running, the cuts that she makes, that's a unique skill set. And that's, they brought, and I, I saw the Caroline Weir substitution. I thought to myself, yeah, that's funny because you, you've seen Caroline Weir score big goals before. She's a tried and tested property, but she's also something which they've seen before, right? Mm. They've seen that and they haven't seen like Rose Lavelle running at a United midfield is actually quite a radical proposition and it's a brave yeah. substitution. She's, and, a, she's yeah. probably the, one of the greatest purveyors of the fellow cootie theory. What's that? Everything scatter. Everything scatter. <laughs> Whereas yeah, I thought Caroline Weir is like, if that makes sense, the safest attacking substitution you could have made. Mm. 
And I just thought, and I thought I saw it and thought, mm. thought they could have been braver. Oh yeah, me too. Me too. Absolutely. Arsenal won, Chelsea won in the other top of the table clash of the weekend. Arsenal taking the lead late in the game via Beth Mead, thanks to a, an angry Viv Miedemar assist. Yes. There was this point, yeah. Viv Miedemar was super quiet most of yeah. the game. I think she only completed one pass in the first half. And in the second half, Chelsea completely swarmed Arsenal Yeah, in the opening what, 10, 15 minutes of the game, Arsenal just couldn't really get out at all. Maybe 10, yeah. uh, 10 minutes of the second half. Wasted a few good chances after Arsenal had a couple of good chances in the first half. Like, Caitlin Ford hit the bar twice so- in one <laughs> shot, <laughs> which was unbelievable. I've never seen that in my life. Someone tweeted, oh, um, my three-year-old started cheering for um, Arsenal women. A couple minutes later, Ford hits the bar twice and she's like, does that happen all the time, daddy? <laughs> so <I was> like. <laughs> No. No, it really doesn't, ever. It will never happen again in your life. So she hit the shot from, what, 25 yards? Yeah. Hit the bar, flew up in the air, and hit the bar again. It was unbelievable. It must have been a wind thing, because I think the wind was going quite far towards that Chelsea goal. Um, Still, yeah, it was dancing on the crossbar, yeah. Bizarre. And then in the second half, Penilla Harder missed a couple, Sam Kerr missed a couple, and Chelsea looked like they were on top for that opening minute. And then... But the problem, not the problem, but the thing is with Arsenal, who are still missing some key injuries, mm. Kim Little, I mean, because you have people like Viv Miedemar and some of the England contingent like Leah Williamson and the kind of busyness when she plays of someone like Daniela van der Donk, mm. the goal scoring ability of Beth Mead, I think Kim Little sometimes gets le- left out of the, I think the, the people who really, really follow women's football always talk about Kim Little, but I yeah, think in terms of the this, wider yeah. persuasion, yeah. I think her contribution or importance to that Arsenal side often gets overlooked. Like mm. she is like the equivalent of having a Javi in the side. Yeah. Because you see her when Arsenal are absorbing a huge amount of pressure, her ability to just get on the ball in tight spaces, it's almost like coaxing Arsenal out of a defensive position. Do you yes, know I mean? yes, yes, yes. She, yes. She's really, really amazing. She did this a, a number of times during the game where she kind of just like, you could almost feel you could almost feel the pressure fall away from the Arsenal it's like side. Someone, like watching someone do a seventeen point turn to get out of a crowded car park, like a really yeah. patient, really really patient. This is the only way out. I've come back yeah. from you know when you, when you when you come back from like your your shopping run, and someone's boxed you in, mm-hmm. and you just find a way out. It's just like that, like option, option, turn, option, option, like always, always. Yeah, and she was. I thought she was absolutely brilliant all game, actually. <laughs> Well, I think actually, I want to say Miedema, I think, was kind of left her own devices because of all that play in the center of the field. It was mm-hmm. almost like you'll have to fend for yourself for much of this game, I think. I think there was an element of that. Does that make sense? And that's actually where the Arsenal goal came from. Miedema picked it up on the left hand side, just ran, I think it was at Mara Melder, and just thought, this is it. And it actually it came not long after Millie Bright went down injured and, pr- and looked in a pretty bad way, but. Emma Hayes left her on mm. and she just couldn't close Miedemar down. Great ball into the box and Beth Mead put it away. I mean, that was so late in the game. Was it five minutes to go? Maybe, really later, thought, maybe later, I think. Even, it was I super think 80, late. 86th minute. Okay. Yeah. And you really thought like Arsenal, that would have done it. And then Chelsea made a couple of subs straight away. And then um, there was, was it Penilla Harder broke down the right-hand side yeah, and went one-on-one yeah. with um, Lottie Wibber-Moy and then tried to square the ball and Wibber-Moy just basically 
slid in, deflected up over Zinsberger. It was a bit freakish actually because it was it's so unlucky. Really yeah. weird. Because if I saw a few people criticizing Zinsberger about it, and I couldn't make my mind up actually because I thought that yeah, potentially she could have taken a couple of steps back. There's a really good angle from the byline and it takes such a weird trajectory. And it gets up so fast. It gets up so yeah. fast. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think that's, it's one of those ones where and it also like should be named player of the match for an outstanding performence in central defence. So it was like it was such a cruel. Yeah. I don't think it was her fault. No, 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 no. It, was, it wasn't. But no. you know, still, you still feel the responsibility, don't you? You still feel that. Mm. Um, but then Sam Kerr really could have won the game not long after. She broke through. Should have. Lobbed it over. Yeah, she should have, I think. This is the thing. For, this is the thing. There's going to be a bunch of misses from this first third of the season or whatever, where she will look and be like, I, I at my best, score those. Mm. It's just one of those things. And I think, it's, look, chances are at a premium in these games. And it's difficult because it's hard to deliver consistently when you're feeding off, off these kind of scraps, half chances. Mm. But that's where Kerr's made her name, to be honest. So Yeah. Uh, elsewhere in the Women's Super League, uh, Brighton beat West Ham 1-0. It was a good, good win for Brighton. They should have had a penalty as well in the first half. There was an absolute glaring penalty got missed. Spurs. <laughs> this is a massively disappointing result for Spurs. Bristol City 2, Spurs 2. This is the kind of game Spurs should be winning. Yeah. Absolutely should be winning. Um, they're still winless this season. The only other side to, that, that are winless are Bristol City. Their first point of the season was that Spurs game. See, that was a bold move for Alex Morgan. It's funny because I looked at that when she went there and thought that that team needs like more pieces to make it competitive. Like that was, that was the thing at the time. I didn't maybe drawing it to Bristol City, but. Well, I think the move for Alex Morgan, we spoke about it before. I think it's just a fitness yeah. thing. Yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a pressure-free return to fitness, play her way back into form. You know, someone who's, I mean, she had a baby less yeah. than six months ago. Um decent project to play in the Super League against yeah. some of the best players in the world. I think that move kind of makes a lot of sense, especially, you know, being in London, all this kind yeah. of stuff. But that's a poor result for Spurs. I mean, they did go down to 10 players. They had, uh, Rihanna Dean was sent off, for, which I thought was a little bit harsh, actually. But still, you know, conceding a last minute equaliser is not good against especially against a side like Bristol City who have been basically hammered by everyone this season Birmingham won the second City derby over Villa 1-0 and Everton although Reading are quite an obdurate side Reading so, are a good side yeah 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 I mean also Everton victim of I think heightened expectations I don't think we can say it was a cup hangover because the game was a while ago now but I yeah. think yeah Reading are a decent side and hard to break down Um. Everton, though, still two points ahead of Manchester City. So the yeah. table as it stands, Manchester United top on 17 points. Arsenal second, 16. Chelsea third, 14. If Chelsea, Chelsea have a game in hand against Villa. If they win that, they'll go top. Mm. Um, Everton fourth, Manchester City fifth. Watch the Super League, man. I mean, those games, those games are superb. And yeah, just quickly on, on Chelsea as well, the ferocity of the pressing. You know, I mean, think a lot. It's not a controversial view. To me, they're still the best team in that that division. I think they're still the favourites to win the league. Mm, yeah. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. 
you might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong. But these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, let's go to Germany. It was a a gigantic weekend in the Frauen Bundesliga. It was. Dare we say it? A Essen nil, Freiburg nil. <laughs> oh my God. That's, I respect you. I respect you for doing that. Um, yeah, the, the second biggest game of the weekend. <laughs> no, biggest game of the weekend. Bayern against Wolfsburg. Club presidents past and present turn up to watch this mm. sign of the fixtures importance. And yeah, Bayern beat Wolfsburg 4-1. Hammered them. Yeah. Now, Wolfsburg missing four players for this. Payor, Pop, Dorsoon, and Bremer. These are huge absences. These are players who yeah. would make a big difference to Wolfsburg at their peak. Having said that, the ferocity with which Bayern began this game would just, they just, they, 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 a few years ago, Bayern were being thrashed by Wolfsburg. Last time I saw them play, they, it was a one-all draw and Bayern came to uh, Wolfsburg and they're quite assertive action by the end, could have snatched it, but still ultimately quite a defensive phase. And this one, they won the front foot throughout. They're on a really good run actually against Wolfsburg. Like Bayern haven't lost to Wolfsburg in five games ago, that's 6-0 in the league. Yeah. And even before that, they won the game before that as well. So they've actually, you know, Wolfsburg had won two of the last seven between these two which has been a slowly kind of shifting sign of the times, I think, because yeah, yeah. Bayern have got closer and closer. But as you said, like, Wolfsburg missing a lot of key players, Bayern having added strength in depth this season. Shout out to Jasmine Schreimler for a great piece she wrote about this um, for Sport Buzz, about how this was effectively a statement victory, but also specifically about how well Bayern have integrated new players. And that's not mm. a small achievement. I think five new players have integrated and you consider, we've just discussed how City have had trouble. And we're also in the COVID season. So people are like, people are coming in with vastly different levels of, of, um, of fitness, both mm. mental and physical. And Bayern have just got this thing done. They are looking super, super dangerous. 100% record in the league. Um, played nine, won nine, scored 30. And the goal that they conceded was, was a penalty. Yeah, yeah. Wolfsburg scored. It's the first goal Bayern have conceded in the league this season. What's interesting about this as well, the Wolfsburg team, and slightly, I suppose, concerning, is how quickly Lena Oberdorf has become a vital player for them. He's about to turn 19, Lena Oberdorf. So young, young, right. So, you know, an amazing player in a dream world. It was like, you know, Pop Oberdorf midfield would be great to watch, but she's quickly become a creative fulcrum for them. And I noticed this in the final, you know, in the Champions League final against Lyon, which we were saying at the time might be a bit of a high point for this era of Wolfsburg. I'm just worried about the replacements. The players they brought in, Wolfsburg, I worry that they're like, they're not going to run Europe like the last lot did. I felt like there was a changing of a guard at European level, obviously in the final, but there's also a bit of a changing happening at the league level too. Um, was there a changing at the guard at the European level though? Well, no, in terms of the pecking order, like I saw that final and thought this time next year, I don't think Wolfsburg are going to be like 
Leon's main challenger. Yeah, no, I agree that, with that. That, that, sure. that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So obviously I mean, Leon is still dominant. I wrote a piece about it on uh, the ringer. Ring <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, it's your, your stuff is brilliant. As I said earlier. It's not brilliant. It's just adequate. It's excellent. There we go. It's <laughs> like, it's like smooth peanut butter, actually. Not quite as good as crunchy, but if it's all that's there, you'll take it. That's that perhaps is basically the most, what my written work is like. That's the perhaps that's perhaps the most controversial thing you said. What crunchy peanut podcast. butter is over smooth peanut butter? Yeah, that that could be the new populism. But you're a smooth peanut butter guy. Well, yeah, because I cook with it a lot. Yeah, but cook cooking a, that's like using shitty wine to cook. Like you're not. I'm talking about eating wow, a slice wow. of peanut. No, no, no. Because you cook. You don't cook with a forty euro bottle of wine in the same way that you don't. Well, actually, not all of us, but some of us. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't actually. Look at this guy, everyone. <laughs> Fucking public school. <laughs> <laughs> I'm even living in the elite part of town. Actually, I'm not really. But, no, you're you not. Know. Anyway, one day at some point, I will talk about my recipes with smooth peanut butter. Yeah, but this is. I'm, yeah, but I'm talking about on toast. I mean, on toast, I I haven't had it on toast in a very long time, to be honest. Smooth peanut butter or peanut butter as a whole. Is this like one of those like my hand quivered over the jar? No, no. <laughs> Because it's actually, I used to eat it all the time, but it's the dryness actually now. It's the dryness now. It's like your chat. Oh my God. Oh my God. Let's talk about Bayern. Let's get out of here. I've gone dreadfully off topic. Wow, wow, wow. wow. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Hey, I love you, man. You better. You better after that. <laughs> so where were we? Bayern. Top of the league. Top of the league and looking. Power shift. Yeah, looking extraordinary, looking really special. Wolfsburg have got to be careful though because Turbina are, are hot on their heels. Yeah. They're only three points behind them. Obviously, this is Turbina now who has a partnership with Hertha and are flying, returning to some of the potential heights of the classic Turbina teams. This was the real classicer of the weekend. Turbina Frankfurt, the old school classicer. Turbina beating Frankfurt 1-0 and up to third. Quickly in Spain, Barca's game against Eibar was postponed. Poor Barcelona keep getting their games postponed because of COVID restrictions, but they are four points behind Tenerife with three games in hand. Atleti are two points ahead of them. Barca have won five straight, so they've won all of their games so far. Haven't conceded a goal. Atleti beat Betis 4-1, probably the biggest game of the weekend. Real Madrid beat Athletic 1-0. Ticking away, doing all right, Real Madrid. Good acquisitions, yeah. Fifth in the league. In France, Lyon are obviously top. Played eight, won eight, scored 28, conceded two. But they had a tricky game on the weekend for them. Only winning 5-1 on Friday <laughs> against Soyo. PSG, meanwhile, are second after a 14-0 win against Issy. 14-0, Musa. Nadia Nadine got six. I mean, at this level, at this point, I just want to see what, because um, obviously Leon are not tired of losing anytime soon. They're not tired of winning anytime soon. I wonder if there's going to be a change in the, in the Champions League. Just the mismatch in resources, 14-0. That is so dispiriting. That's the one thing I have about this a financial disparity. PSG is second behind uh, Leon, two points behind. Nadia Nadim is an absolute badass. She was the first footballer I ever spoke to in terms of an interview at the Women's Champions League final in that weekend in Budapest. She's an absolute G. I don't think we've really spoke about her a huge amount on this podcast, but honestly, shout out to Nadia Nadim. 
had a chat that never ended up getting published with her about just just about football because she's got an amazing backstory which I think a lot of people who know of her are aware of. And when we had a chat at that, um, we had this. There was a, I think I've spoke about this before. We had there was an amazing weekend around the Women's Champions League final in Budapest, twenty nineteen. And I was lucky enough to go and attend. There was a big day of talks and stuff like that. And I got chatting to Nadia Nadim. And I just said to her the story about her fleeing Afghanistan. She's done the TED Talks and all that stuff. And I just yeah. said to her, do you want to just chat about football? And we just shot the shit about football for a while. And she's an absolute badass. And scoring six on the weekend. I'd love to see her in the Super League again. Because I know she went to City and it didn't really work out for her. Which she actually framed as an ama- in an amazing way. She said, you know, the thing at City was like, you know, if you see like, a, she, she was saying, you know, if you see like a dress on the shelf and you love it and it looks mm. amazing and you buy it and you take it home and it doesn't, you still, you really want it to fit, but it doesn't fit quite right. And you never quite wear it. And then it becomes a thing yeah. you never quite wear. Yeah. She was basically like, that's what Manchester City was like. And she said a lot of people thought it was a money thing. She was like, I don't give a shit about the money. Amazing. I'm going to make my money as a surgeon. You know, when she's, oh, she's, she's training to, I think she's training to be a surgeon or she's qualified, she's a qualified doctor. Massive props to Nadia Ladim. Six goals on the weekend. Love that. Yeah. L- love that for her. Yeah, she's, she's just amazing. Should we wrap all that and then get into a mailbag? Let's do it. All right, let's get into a mailbag. And we're going to start with Cyrus. He says, both give me three players. First player you fell in love with, watching them play. Second, someone you wish you could have watched live. Three, favourite current player. Why is it such a scary question? Uh, Mark Hughes, first player I fell in love with. Cool. Mark Hughes, yeah. You know what it was? Because Mark Hughes would always score those goals for United when they were in lean periods. There's a volley he scored against Everton that I always talk about. A beautiful lob volley in a one-all draw. I think Pat Nevin scored the opener. I'm not sure, but Everton. And Hughes got the equaliser. And Hughes would just score these beautiful volleys now and again and just drag United out of mediocrity time and again. So Hughes was the first. I think I was attracted to as much as the bravery. The technique was one thing, but, but the bravery of Hughes, a player I'd love to have watched live. I think peak Zidane was so poetic. I think Zidane is the most elegant, or uh, either peak Zidane or, no, 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 let me go better, Ronaldo, actually. The Brazilian Ronaldo, the phenomenon at his peak, is still the most devastating football I've ever seen in any form. So Ronaldo live and favourite player now Right now, see, because Messi's had a difficult start to the season. So right now, it might even be Grealish, you know. I thought you were going to say Jao. No, no, right, right now. Right now, Jao. In this moment, in this particular precise moment, I love Joao Felix so much. He's probably, he's top three for me, probably top two. But I think right now it's Grealish, just the kind of, just to see someone playing with so much freedom and to see someone on whom the spotlight is finally falling even though he's been at this level for a very long time. Mm. So yeah, probably Jack Grealish, closely followed by Joao Felix. Joao Grealish. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Oh man, can you imagine Jack Grealish at Atleti? Does Joao actually mean Jack? Is it like one of those ones where it's like, you no, know, Joao Grealish. I would, I'm going to start pushing the Grealish to Atleti narrative. <laughs> Do you know what's funny about that? That would be incredible because the amount of defensive work that Grealish does, mm-hmm. The hard work that he does, he's such an Atleti player. He's the most English, he's the most Atleti English player, I think. You say this about fucking everyone. Yeah, but it never gets old because no one disputes it because Atleti fans love it. Because no one knows what it means. That's the thing. It doesn't mean anything. (laughs) Yeah, but you know, I got away with it. 
you know, that time someone actually asked me, what does that letter mean? And I'm like, it's an energy. And I explained it. And people oh, like, that's it. No, oh. no. You're like, it's an energy. It's just this, this pure deflection. <laughs> pure populism. Give the masses what they want. Everyone's like, oh, Musa has just this amazing, <laughs> poetic way of explaining everything. I'm like, yeah, but if you analysed it, <laughs> you did. <laughs> like I've got, I've spent hours, hours going into the wee hours of the morning. Like the always sunny in Philadelphia thing just with quotes, I'm like, none of this means fucking anything. <laughs> I've just figured out. I've been catfished. It's too late. The whole time. Which Listen, somehow, it's, it's the long time. Everyone's like, oh, Stadio. <laughs> I really like Stadio. And it's like, guys, you know what? it doesn't actually mean anything. <laughs> every now and again, every now and again, people get in touch. And you're like, oh my God, they're onto me. Like, I feel like I've been rumbled. Good. <laughs> Good. But then I just keep going. Then I just keep going. I've catfished everyone. That's it. Yeah. And aren't we glad you did, Moose yes. Wonga, the big old catfish. <laughs> Stuck with me now. You knew what this was. <laughs> keep subscribing, keep reviewing. That's right. You know what to do. You know where the buttons are. <laughs> I haven't even given my answer. This has got silly. Uh, okay. First player I fell in love with watching play, I think, was probably David Rocastle. Wow. Late 80s. Okay. Something about that number seven shirt and the way he played. That era of Arsenal, that, that beautiful yellow and navy away shirt they won the league with at Anfield in. Well, he chipped Peter Schmeichel before it was fashionable. Like, I, think, I think he's one of those players actually who, because of what ended up happening with injury and stuff like that, I think he will forever go down as one of the most underrated Arsenal players, actually. What an England players. I actually, yeah, England. Thing, yeah. David Rowe Castle's technical ability, that famous goal, I mean, there's so much more to him than that famous goal. The famous goal when he basically, I think, Beats Brian Robson the dribble, like bewilders him and then chips Schmeichel from what, 30 yards? And Schmeichel is what, how far? Less than six yards off his line. Mm. That's, and it was, it was a chip. It wasn't a, it wasn't a drive. It wasn't a lot. No. It was a chip. It was an authentic. He was technically out of this world and the smoothest. I mean, it's weird to do comparisons to the daily thing. We're talking about Rose Lavelle. That's a style of running, a style of running that I think the way the cuts that he made and also in terms of manipulation of the ball, like an Eden Hazard. But then weirdly, like I did it through the middle of the field. Very underrated. Extraordinary player. Extraordinary player. Yeah, yeah. Someone I wish I could have watched live. I would have loved to have seen Cruyff live. Yeah, yeah. The three in a row Ajax side I would have loved to have seen live. 74 Netherlands squad I would have loved to have seen live. He was obviously in both of those. So yeah, I would have loved to have seen him play live. Um, favourite current player? Um... Favourite women's player, still probably Vivian Amidamar, Rose Lavelle, obviously. They're my two probably favourite women's right, players. Right, like, as, in, as in notwithstanding injury, like right now, would it be Yeah, Miedema? just like all round. Yeah, yeah. Amidamar yeah. right now, yeah. Men's, tough one. I have a real soft spot for like the young guns coming through, you know. Mm. I love Gia Reyna a lot. One of my favourite moments of the year was the, I wrote that piece about it, the, P, the goal against PSG where... Yeah. Holland's on the floor as the camera angle cuts to Holland on the floor celebrating. Yeah. And Gio Reyna and Axel Witzel come into shot like two young puppies just like jumping at each other. It's so, so wholesome. But I just love him as a footballer and I think he's going to be a potential Ballon d'Or winner, Gio Reyna. And I don't think that's a massive overstatement. No, um, I think it's absolutely fair. I think, he's got, I think he's got way more potential than Pulisic had at that age, actually. I would agree. I think I would agree. And Pulisic was... I think he's a better player than Pulisic was at that age. 
And that is saying something. Which is saying yeah, was extraordinary. Very highly rated at that age and is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Ansu Fati just makes me happy every time I see him play. I just, I love him. Joy. Yeah, players that bring you joy at the moment are my go-to. And I think that a lot of that comes with the kind of youthful naivety that a lot of these guys, they don't know how great they are. They don't know that they're obliterating all these records, like youngest player to score for Spain, youngest player to score in a Clasico, youngest player to score for Barcelona, youngest player to score in the Champions League for Barcelona, all of this kind of stuff. You know, for Reina, youngest American to start in the Champions League, youngest American or is it youngest assist maker in the Champions League or American I think assist? It's assi- I think it's assist. Yeah, I think yeah, it's assist like maker. all of this stuff, like they just don't know. Well, they probably do know, but they don't care. because they. But these also weren't normal assists. Like, this was yeah. crunch, these are crunch time. These are pivotal yeah. goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think probably those two. In the Premier League, probably Thomas Partey. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Just because yeah. I loved him at Atleti and it was yeah. someone who I never thought Arsenal would sign. Put it mm. that way. And I still can't believe Arsenal got him, to be honest. Incredible. There's a, there's a crop sometimes of like La Liga central midfielders that I think are just fun. Yeah, he's just one of those. I just can't believe Arsenal got him. Also, you'd love a Sociedad season ticket as well, wouldn't you, this oh, year? Live in San Sebastian. Go and watch Real Sociedad every, every other week. Sociedad is one of those clubs where you look at the players and go, oh, why don't they leave? Why don't they leave? Then you go there. Yeah, you go to San Sebastian, you realise <laughs> when no one leaves. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> that place is... Severe's like that. Severe's like if, that. If, if anyone hasn't been to San Sebastian... And this isn't an ad. We're not working for the Basque Country Tourist Board. Not yet. Oh, but one day we shall. Exactly. <laughs> Reiske. I'm going to change my name to <laughs> Reiske Hundieta. <laughs> um, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Nacho Hunreal. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> And you're like oh. less than an hour from Bilbao. And I mean, Bilbao is unbelievable as well. It's just mm. that whole strip is. And the food, man, the food. Go and hang out with Jabby Alonso. Goodness me. All right, let's move on. Serious question here uh, from Mashal St. Patrick Hewitt. Shouts to Mash St. Paddy. Greg Clark has resigned slash been moved on. But what does that really change? So for those who missed it, the FA, well, now former chairman, Greg Clark, resigned last week or was nudged after using weird, outdated language, but also just coming up with a weird point. We we were talking about it in the WhatsApp group. And basically, the FA have got an opportunity now to make a good hire. Yeah. And when you're dealing with a sport consisting of players from very diverse backgrounds, get ahead of that operation that kind of reflects, or at least understands the diversity in the background. Yeah, understand. Yeah, like someone said... um, there was a lot of comment, and this is the thing, what annoys me about this conversation is the childishness in which it's conducted. Oh, he's of his time. He said this, he said that. Oh, it was, we're policing language. Okay, here's the thing. People make mistakes or say silly things or say ignorant things, all the rest of it, right? People are entitled to say ignorant things. That's the world, that's the society we live in and rightly live in. Save it for the private members club. Save it for the golf course. Save for a job and a position which does not rely upon you serving the needs of a broad range of constituents. If you're a doctor and you come out with comments like that about people in your community, what it means is you might not be looking for the right socioeconomic factors that trigger certain underlying symptoms. You might not look for them because you're ignorant. Because if you're saying stuff about, oh, this demographic don't like this profession or that profession, then for example, you might be like, oh, because you don't think that certain profession, certain, um, 
minorities like certain professions, you might not look for muscle strains because they're like, oh, that guy can't be an IT consultant. He, he's black. Or that person can't be a footballer. He, uh, he's, he's Asian or whatever. And it means that your ignorance about these people's actual lives means that you don't spot challenges that they might be navigating their lives. So you can't cater for them. Mm. That's the thing with the Greg Clark thing. And I think a lot of people actually know that, Ryan. Mm. I think this conversation isn't really about doing the best work you can. It's because those people who are facing the backlash are like, the, the people who are basically initiating the backlash are themselves arrogant in their personal lives. They it's themselves, just, yeah. yeah, they're projecting. They themselves are cruel and mean and or ignorant or whatever, all three. And they see when Clark is being called out, they're like, that could have been me. Yeah. And the thing is here, there's no debate. There's just right. like, unfortunately, we've, we've become obsessed over the last decade or so with debate and hearing both sides. And actually, when one side is wrong. They're wrong. Yeah. There aren't two sides to a story when there is yeah. an actual wrong thing here. Yes. Greg Clark was fundamentally wrong in what he yeah. did. And I don't care if he's of a certain age. If you are representing an organization that is made up of a, of a really diverse set of members, do the fucking work because the work isn't that hard. But I think it's what, I think this is what Akala said on Twitter about the Daily Mail targeting Marcus Rashford for him buying property. Well, we had a couple of questions about this, so maybe we could segue into that because- Yeah, let's go, yeah, let's go into that. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, Chris Shoot Worrell would love to hear Stadio's thoughts on that newspaper signing Marcus Rashford was fair game. And we had um, another one from John Larkin. What are your thoughts on the absolute muck that was that article written about Marcus Rashford over the weekend? Can I be honest with you? That newspaper, for a long time, it's been clear what that newspaper is. And fundamentally, the paper generally follows the mood of the readers. Every now and again, it gets things wrong. Fundamentally, it provides a service. We saw when the Sun did what they did with Hillsborough, mm-hmm. Marcus Rashford's greatest crime to them was allowing children not only to eat, but to dream. Because they look at Marcus Rashford, who came from where he came from, and he basically built an expertise in a skill set. He built an expertise in a skill set and has used that platform to inspire millions. And you know, his greatest crime has gone beyond that. It's like he questioned the basis of the wealth that he was making. He questioned the base of society and who it rewards and who it doesn't. Mm-hmm. He didn't just take his money and shut up. That's his greatest crime. He took his money, he took his platform and he said, things could be better. And that is immensely threatening. It's immensely threatening. Yeah, but this is why, like Carl said, and when we were on Writer's House last week, diversity in journalism is so vital. It's yeah. absolutely vital. Yeah. And the more easy it is for everyone to access, the greater the quality of the work. Good. Shall we move on to a- Great question. Let's have this one from a financial crow's den. Can Union make it to top four in the Bundesliga. Love you guys. Be safe and take care. It's a really short answer here. I'm really sorry, but no. No, they no. can't. <laughs> no, they resources, can't. resources, resources. Even, even, even in, even in the uh, medium to long term. No, they can't. Uh, not yet. No. I mean, in terms, of, in terms of vibes, they're Champions League. No question. Carriers and vibes. Max Cruiser in the same, yeah. Inject but, uh, it, no. inject it. And Ujo as well. Ujo showing oh, yeah. up, showing up. Yeah, showing up, showing up. Uh, we had a load of things about Tobin Heath's angry goal. I mean, the ferocity there. Yeah. Should we get out of here? Yeah, let's do it. Don't forget, Righty's House on Wednesday. Righty and Jeanette Quache this week. Yep, yep. We'll be back on Thursday doing a bit of Nations League and maybe some fun stuff. Don't forget to check the ringer.com forward slash soccer. At Stadio on Twitter. Stadio Football on Instagram. Complaints and slander to at Okwonga on Twitter. <laughs> There he is. Or any compliments at Ryan Hunt. Uh-huh. You know what? Can I just give a bit, a bit of advice for me? Oh. Please. Actually, no, here's the thing. Do you know what? Like, I know people are pointing this already, but 
a text message out of nowhere or a video message out of nowhere in particular does wonders. It's like 20 seconds on your phone, you WhatsApp it. You'd never know when you reach out because people will feel seen and connect with them. So if there's mm. anything that you feel you can do, I suppose, listening, where you could reach out to someone and just make them feel seen that like you're going through it and that's cool and I'm here. It's a tiny thing, but I think it, I think it has a large cumulative effect. So yeah, that's what I'll say. I agree, man. Got into a little bit of the habit of just like sending people video messages from when I'm just like walking somewhere. Yeah, yeah, like, so good, yeah. It's actually just like super fun. Ryan Hun in transition. <laughs> Look at the pace. Box to box. Look at the pace. <laughs> box to box podcaster. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to add before we play out? No, I'm good. Just have right, some man. vibes this week. Yeah. Have some vibes. vibes. Yeah. Have some vibes. Exactly. Maybe we should declare an annual Stadio Week of Vibes. We should actually. Although <laughs> we can't tempt fate. Can you imagine? <laughs> uh, we're playing out this week on Serpent by Actress and. Yeah, hope everyone's doing okay. Stay safe and well. See you on Writer's House on Wednesday and then we'll be back with another episode on Thursday. See you soon.